0: Lovely. Okay. Let's turn to a scripture, if you will. Do you have a Bible with you today? If you could turn to the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1. That would be great. I'm going to be reading this morning from the English Standard Version, the ESV. It's just what I have with me. If you may have a different translation, don't worry. You'll uh, be able to read along all the same. 2 Peter. Chapter 1 and the first 15 verses. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power Virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so near-sighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was once cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. But I think it right, as long as I am in this body to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, just as the Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. Wonderful. Praise God for his word. There's so much in there. Where do you start? It's a rich passage of scripture. You could unpack that over many weeks and months. I've got about 30 minutes. So let's see how we do this morning. But this is Peter. We know Peter. You can read all about Peter. This is The wonderful man of Peter who made his mistakes, who put his foot in his mouth time after time, who lashed out in anger, chopped off an ear here and there. But this is Peter who walked on the water. This is Peter who received a revelation from God and identified, oh, you're the Christ. This is Peter, one of the greatest stories of a life transformed that you can read about in all the scriptures. He's one of my heroes. I think he's fantastic. And here he is at the end of his life and he's very much putting things in place. He knows he doesn't have a lot of time left on the earth. And so in his two letters that we have, his two epistles here, he's writing to warn the churches and to warn people about certain things. He goes on in chapter 2 to talk about false teachings which will try and come into the church. He talks in chapter 3 about the sure and certain return of our Lord Jesus Christ And here in chapter 1, he's basically saying, I feel I'm coming to the end of my life. I just want to, by way of reminder, let you know about some things so that even after I've gone, you'll be able to call these things to mind as often as you like. And three times, he mentions a little phrase, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Him, the knowledge of our Lord. Peter is consumed by this, I want to leave behind a rich deposit that you would know the knowledge of our Lord, Jesus Christ. This morning, I just want to talk to you very simply, in very simple terms, about knowing God. It's so important, and as we'll see, even from this passage of Scripture, it starts there. Okay? And it raises the question, do you know Jesus? Now, we'd all say, I know Jesus, yes, I'm a Christian. I want to kind of delve just a little bit deeper past that, to say, do you know him? Do you know him? I don't know. I don't mean in the same kind of way that someone says, oh, I was talking to Darren. Do you know Darren? And you think, ah, oh, Darren, tall, no, short, well, somewhere in the middle, yeah. Well, I think I, know, I think I know who you mean, but I wouldn't say that I know him. That's not my question. If that's your recollection of Jesus, I, I think I know who you're talking about, but uh, I couldn't identify him. I, I've got no encounter with him, and you don't know him. I want to ask the question, do you know him is there something deeply rooted in you that just thinks yep I know him I've encountered him I've met him I've met him this morning when I woke up I knew him as I went to bed last night in the same way as a parent it's an amazing thing that you can be in a a, a room of a hundred children All going crazy on soft play apparatus where health and safety goes out the window. And suddenly, over all this melee of noise, you hear a cry and you instinctively know, that's my child. How is that possible? I know them. I know their voice. It's the same way if you're ever at home. Um, And uh, for me, it happens sometimes. I'm just in, in, in the room and I don't hear anyone come in, but I'm just suddenly aware. Zoe's in the room. I look around. There she is. I just, I'm just aware of her presence. Why? I know her. I know her presence. I know what it feels like. I know what it's like when she's around me. That's the question. Do you know Jesus? Can you pick out his voice in a noisy room, the faint, beautiful whisper of Jesus Christ? That's what you want me to do, Lord. Are you aware when you're in a gathering or driving in your car or walking down the road or in a life group or in the cinema or in a restaurant? God's here right now. I know him. That's the question I want to ask. There's so many things in this passage of scripture that we could look at. You start in verse 5 and you think, add to your faith virtue and virtue this and then this to that. And you think, wow, we can unpack all of this. But each one of these things comes back to a deep root. They start in, do you know him? In fact, when you get to verse 8, it says, If you practice these qualities, they will keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful. In what? In the knowledge of Him. It comes back to, do you know Him? And you can add this and that, and you can try and improve every aspect of your character. But if you don't know Jesus Christ at the root of your heart, they're pretty fruitless. Godly character only finds its rooting in knowing Jesus Christ. Everything else springs out of that. And you can go and searching, and you can read uh, every book out there, seven steps to good character, seven steps to steadfastness, seven steps to adding virtue to this and to that. But if you don't know Jesus, you will be unfruitful. But if you practice these qualities, and if you know him, they will keep you fruitful and effective in your knowledge of him, in your knowing of him. There's a root, and that's really what I want to talk about this. This first, when you wake up in the morning, question, Good morning, Lord Jesus. Amen. Today's going to be a great day, Amen. because you're with me. No matter what's ahead of me, no matter how I'm feeling in my body, no matter how uh, I'm unprepared or prepared I may feel, thank you that I know you, Today is going to be an excellent day. Amen. <coughs> There's no shortcuts in the Christian faith. There are absolutely no shortcuts. Daniel 11 says this. says that those who stay strong and take action are those who know their God. Oh, yes, very good. It starts with knowing God. Yes. If you don't know him, conversely, then you can't stay strong and you can't take action. Because it starts with knowing God. And if you look back here in Second Peter, for example, he's given us everything we need. For life and for godliness. What a great verse. And even as I read that, there was a ripple of... Because we know that verse. He has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. That's the New International Version translation which I learned. But I realized that I've done the word a disservice even with that verse. Because I've, I've prayed that through. I've prayed that verse through in moments of crisis. As many in my younger life, many of my prayers came in moments of crisis. God, I don't know why this is happening, but I want to say thank you that somewhere in your Bible it says that you've you've given us everything for life and for godliness. So I want to say thank you and I want to claim that. I've stood with people and I've prayed that prayer, Lord Jesus, for Fred right now. Thank you that you've given him everything for life and for godliness. And you think, I'm putting the word to work, I'm putting it to work, but I've missed the second part. i failed to work with the second part even of that scripture. Let's just read it. Verse 3 says this. His divine power has granted to us all things, hallelujah, that pertain to life and for godliness. Praise Him through the knowledge of Him. Everything He has given us for life and for godliness flows through this one question. Do you know Him? And I know Him. And what a great, wonderful way to start the day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that I know Him. Your word is true. You've granted to me everything I need. For life and for godliness flowing through this relationship. I know the king of kings. I love the Lord of lords. I've done it as well with verse 2. People facing uncertain situations, needing a a sense of the peace of God in their life. A breakthrough, just an outpouring of grace into a situation. Well, Lord Jesus, I pray for Fred. Fred gets many prayers. Uh, It's always by here as well. Fred, Lord Jesus, we just pray for Fred right now. That your peace that passes all understanding would come to him. That Lord Jesus in this situation he's facing, Lord Jesus, your grace would abound to him. You think. Well, I'm not working with the whole of the scripture. Because verse 2 says this, may grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of him. There are no shortcuts. And I don't know about you, if it's just about me, then I'll just talk my own testimony and recollection, but many of the prayers that I have prayed out in times of crisis have been prayers of anguish, oh God help me in this moment of time and all it has done to prove is that I've tried to take a shortcut I've never given myself to the knowledge of him there has to be that relationship so my question which I believe God has given me just to give to you this morning is this, do you know him are you zealous to know Him? Are you eager to know Him? It's not about a Sunday visit. It's not about an occasional glance to your, to your Bible. It's not about um, you know, praying in a moment of crisis. It's an every day. It's a hunger. It's a zeal. It's a passion. It's something drives this life and it's this. I want to know Jesus Christ. I want to know him. not about methods, seven steps, and how you can know your God. It's just simply, I want to know you. And that drives every aspect of of my life. There's a huge difference between knowing God and knowing about God. And that's really key. Maybe you turn with me to a scripture, please, in Matthew chapter 7. We'll just read a couple of things that Jesus said. About knowing Him. You see, God Himself has a preoccupation with His children knowing Him. That's the cry of the Old Testament. Wrapped up in God's desire that I will be their God and they will be my people, is this uh, frustration, I'll put it that way, this complaint from God that the people don't know me. They try and blindly obey rules and regulations, but I just want their heart says, to obey me is better than sacrifice. He says in Hosea that the people suffer for lack of knowledge. The Hebrew word there is this word that doesn't just talk about head knowledge. It talks about intimacy. It talks about relationship. It's what God has always wanted with his people. When Paul, sorry, When Peter uses this word knowledge three times here in chapter 1, uh, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the Son, the knowledge of him, The word is not again about head knowledge, about 2 plus 2 equals 4. The word is epignosis. It captures something of, it's knowledge but with recognition. There's a relationship aspect to knowing God. It's not just ticking the boxes and going through. It's a person to person. I know Him. And life is all about knowing Him, folks. I don't know everyone here today. I don't know if you're all born again. Spirit-filled believers, if you don't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, this is the most important question you will ever be asked in your entire life. It is the biggest question for which you will ever have to answer. Do you know Jesus Christ? And if you're sitting here thinking, yeah, I've prayed a prayer. I've lived a good life. I'm, sometimes I've blown a little bit hot. Sometimes I've blown a little bit cold. But I, I, I'm, I'm on the fence as to whether I know him right now. Well, today is a great day for you. Well, we could just draw a line, step across and say, hallelujah, I know the King of Kings. But it says this in Matthew 7. Jesus says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I, Jesus, will declare to them, depart from me, I never knew you. Do you know him? Does Jesus know you? It's not about a superficial faith. It's not about trying to fit God into your busy week. It's not about trying to just squeeze God in at the end of the day just as you're losing consciousness on your pillow. It's not just about this. It's, It's about everything drives from this central place. I want to know Jesus more. And Jesus bears this out. I'll just read from John 17, verse 3. It says this. Jesus says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. It tells me that eternal life is for now. It starts the moment you confess Christ. I know we sometimes think about heaven and, uh, you know, when we leave this earth. Wonderful. I've got my ticket. I'm going to be with the King of Kings. Wonderful for that. Praise God for that. Thank you, Lord, for every soul saved that's going to be with you one day, Lord Jesus. But there's got to be more. And he says, this is eternal life, that they know you. It tells me that eternal life starts now. It tells me that there's something of eternal life, even as I walk around the streets of Cardiff, up and down Whitchurch Road, that I can pull, even though on this earth, I can pull down the realities of heaven into this world, where eternal realities invade a time-space world Eternal life is being lived out. It's for now. And how can we do that? By knowing Jesus Christ. I want to know him. For Oliver's last birthday, Oliver's my son. He received uh, lots of gifts and cards. And from uh, some uh, relations who live far away, a check. The wonderful check. When you open the card and the check would fall out, flutter to the floor. Do you remember that feeling? Happens less the older you get. Um... Still better than coins, but um, it's like, what is, Dad, what is this? Oh, that's, oh, that's a check. Oh, can I, can I take that to the shop and spend it for, for, for 15 pounds? Can I take that to a shop? Well, actually, no. Confusion. Someone's given me money, but I can't spend it. Well, kind of. This check represents that you have 15 pounds, but you have to do something with it. What do I have to do? Well, you have to give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) because It's actually written in my name, but that's not the point. You have to take it to a bank. You've got to do something with it. You've got to deposit it so that the balance of this check will be made readily available to you to spend in any shop you like. I know many Christians who walk around with a wallet full of checks. I can refer to that praise God. Oh, that's, that's good. Oh, Yeah, that's good. I'm going to read that. Any moment of crisis, here's my check. Oh, yeah, everything. For life and for godliness, that one says. Yeah, wonderful. Pay David shut, life and godliness. Wonderful, wonderful. That's good, but it's not the extent. God wants you to have a rich deposit in him. Not walking around with checks that suddenly when you come to it, you suddenly realize, this is actually pretty useless to me. I got a moment of crisis. I need to pray for my brother or my sister, and actually, I I don't have any cash on me. You've got to deposit what God gives gives you. Don't walk around with just a wallet full of checks. Deposit it deep down. Get to know Jesus Christ. He wants to get to know you. That amazing thing. He wants to get to know you. It's the difference between knowing God and knowing about God. And I want to know Him. I don't want to know about Him. I wrote these things down. I don't want to pursue knowledge about Him. I want to pursue Him. I don't want to read books to find out about Him. I want to read books which show me Him, which bring me into a deeper relationship. I don't want to sing songs in a church or in my car off from a CD or whatever that just, you know, kind of like make me feel nice about Him. I want songs which basically take me into the presence of the King of Kings. Help me see Him for all He is. Help me praise Him for all He has done. Help me worship Him for all He's going to do. I don't want to go to a Bible school just to find out a little bit more knowledge about God. Don't go to any Bible. There's lots of Bible schools. I'm involved with a Bible school. Don't go to a Bible school just to find out about God. Go to meet Him. Find a Bible school that's going to help you meet the King of Kings. I know one. Come and see me. We had, we've had, I've been involved with the Bible school for the last three years and you meet lots of different students. We had one, uh, and I'll I'll change his name. We'll we'll call him Steve. I don't want to embarrass him because some of you will know him. But we were about two weeks in and Steve knocked on my door and there are tears streaming down his face. Oh no. Pastor Dave, here we come. Here we go. We're new at this. We can do this. Okay, Steve, come and take a seat. Steve, What's the matter? And then before I even let Steve answer, I just begin to put words in his mouth. Is it this? No. Oh. Is it this? No. Oh, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> okay. Uh, is, 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 are you struggling with the workload? No. Are you struggling with your classmates? No. Are you struggling with uh, uh, reading? Uh, and d- 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 No, not that. Are you struggling with evangelism? No. What? I'm out, Steve. I've got nothing left. What, what's the matter with you? <laughs> no. Um, Steve, tears. streaming. I've met Jesus, I've met God, and he's too big for me, he's too big for me, Dave, I don't know what to do, I've met the King of Kings, and he's crying and crying, and I'm sat there with this huge grin on my face, Steve, this is the best news ever, (laughs) Steve, this is fantastic, Steve this is wonderful Steve don't you know what this means I don't know what this means Steve you've met Jesus and in the light of an encounter with the true king of kings everything has changed all bets are off now Steve life is good because life is as it intended to be you've met Jesus you've met God you've met the holy one you've met the prince of peace and now everything, every preconceived idea you came with has been blown out the water. Every goal and dream and vision has just been given a new horizon because you've met Jesus. I said, Steve, I wish for one thing. What's, what's, what's that? I said, I wish that everyone in the church down the road here and every church around the country would have the same encounter you've just described. nothing was the same he's ruined he's absolutely ruined for god he can't do anything now because everything he sees is a filter of i've met the king everything looks so much different now trials and tribulations no i've overcome the world through jesus christ health problems illness i am the lord who heals thee everything is changed He's met the King of Kings. Amen. I can ask this question, Steve, do you know Jesus? I know him. Yes, amen. And that's what it's about. But it is possible to miss Jesus in the busyness of life. It's busy, it possible to miss uh, Jesus with all the books and all the music. And you can watch all the TV. You can re- listen to all the music, read all the books. You can go to all the conferences and still miss God. They're not just fillers. They're just aids for this one true goal, to get to know Jesus Christ. I was reading in Luke the story of Mary and Martha. Are you familiar with that story? Just uh, very quickly. Jesus is just just visiting, and he's just in their home. And there's two wonderful ladies of God, and they both make a decision. Martha decides she's going to go and cook a meal that Jesus never asked for, and she gets very busy very quickly doing things. But she's beginning to get frustrated because Mary has chosen just to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. Just to be with him. And it's not that Martha has made uh, a poor choice, uh, in that sense a wrong choice, a a sinful choice. She's actually trying to do something good. She's just kept herself busy. She wants to serve her king. But Jesus says this when Martha begins to kind of get a little bit frustrated with Mary. Now Jesus says something. Jesus simply says this. There's only one thing, Martha, that's worth being concerned about one thing that's necessary and that's what Mary chose in the busyness of life you can miss him it's possible to be a Martha and try and do your best and do your best and do your best and keep busy but if you're not careful every distraction will come when Jesus is inviting you just to sit at his feet and get to know him do you know him I believe there's a spirit of the age it says in 2 Corinthians 4 that the spirit of the age has blinded the eyes. I believe there's a spirit of the age, that, well, let's call him who he is. I believe the devil is quite happy for you to be distracted from getting to know Jesus Christ. I believe he's quite content, actually, for you to be distracted by TV shows, music CDs, books you can read, if they'll keep you from this fundamental thing of getting to know Jesus Christ. That's right. I don't think he's worried about that. I think he's worried about a people who say, I've met the King of Kings. Yeah. And now everything has changed. Will you turn with me to the book of Philippians, please? Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter three, and pick this up um, about halfway through verse four. We'll read right down to verse eleven. This is Paul writing now. He says, If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I, Paul, have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, and as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, The start of verse 10, I want to know Christ. It's amazing. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's quite happy to go toe-to-toe with people. Say, if they want to talk about credentials, if you really want to kind of go on a sort of, I've got this in my locker, and you've got this, and I'm happy to do that. From birth, I fulfilled every... Requirement of the law of Moses. As to my zeal for what I believe was right, I persecuted the church. I did that with the best of intentions. As to uh, the knowledge of the law and application of the law, there's none like me. I really am that good. But all of that, Paul says, is counted as absolute loss to me now. The word there is deficit. I'm in deficit. If that's all I've got, I'm actually in the negative. I'm in deficit compared to this knowing, the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ. And he goes on and all these things again, these tick boxes, what seems to be good in the eyes of the world. He says this and, you know, uh, again, all these things that I could list out for you, I've come to reconcile this, they're like rubbish to me. It's a strong word. It means excrement. He wants it to, he's not being crass, he just wants you to know this is how uh, base they are to me now. Compared to knowing this, I've Gained Jesus Christ. And then for all this he says, and I want to know him still. I want to know him more. This is Paul, Damascus Road, Paul, bright light, blind, three days, ah, scales fall off, revelation of Jesus Christ. That's Paul, Paul. This is Paul. Think, How could you get to know him anymore? What greater encounter would you like? He just has a heart that says, I just want to know him. It cried out from every fiber in his being, oh Lord Jesus, I want to know you more. And everything, everything else was considered a loss to him, to that end. This is what Jeremiah prophesied in Jeremiah nine twenty-two and 23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and that he knows me. Paul had one boast. I know Jesus, and I want to know him. I know Jesus, and I want to know him. Do you know him? King David writes in one of my favorite psalms Psalm 27 he says this one thing i've asked of the lord this is what i seek that i might dwell in the you know that scripture great scripture one thing i ask of the lord this is what i seek that i how would he finish that sentence one thing i ask of the lord this is what I'll seek. So the thing that you're asking for is the thing that you're also seeking. So how would you finish that sentence? How would I finish that sentence? One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I, huh, well, you know, that's a, You kind of begin to kind of think about all the practical things, desires of the heart, don't you? They begin to kind of like, well, there's this, and for my children, and for my family, and and good things as well, not wrong things, or things for the for the the church and and things, for what we'd like to see here. But wow, one thing, if I had to like bring it down to one thing, gosh. I want to know Jesus Christ. And it's interesting that David says, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, because that's so true. The things that we are passionate about are the things that we will pursue with all our hearts. There's no two ways about it. You want to know what somebody is passionate about, you just begin to ask them questions about what you give your free time to. Because people always taught, well, I'm too busy for this. There's this and this and this. But, and well, what do you have time for? Well, i love to do this. Oh, oh i got time for that. Oh, yeah, but, you know, that's, I'm passionate about that. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. That I, I just leave that one with you to ponder. But with this overarching question of this, do you know him? Because he wants to know you. This is not to bring any sense of condemnation, by the way. I believe the Holy Spirit, and all we've heard uh, over the last 16, 17 months about discipleship, is just bringing things, again, back into a focus of where we start. To be a disciple, to become like the master, is to first of all start with this. Do I know him that I want to become like? I want to spend time with Jesus. Do you know There's no condemnation. But perhaps some of us need to just adjust our focus ever so slightly. I would just encourage you with this scripture. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all these things. What things? The things that would probably take number two, number three, number four on that list. But seek first the kingdom of heaven. Seek first the king of kings and all these things. So I need to leave you with something to do, otherwise this is just a lot of head knowledge and leave you with questions. But I don't want to do that. I believe God's given me a scripture just to leave you with as a starting place to answer this question. Do you know him? Can you turn with me, please, to the uh, Old Testament book, The Prophet of Joel, chapter 2? finish here I'd like the band if they could just come back up hallelujah Joel chapter 2 starting verse 12 and and verse 13 as well excuse me even now declares the Lord return to me With all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning, rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. I'm blessed by that because we can start right here and right now today, even as the Lord says there, even now. Thank the Lord there's always an even now. Even now. I don't know how you came into this auditorium this morning. I don't know what baggage you've come in with. I don't know how uh, sitting under this word this morning has made you feel. But it shouldn't have made you feel condemned. It should simply have made you feel, God, I want to do better. Well, there's an even now for you. Even now. Return to me, says the Lord, with all your hearts. He goes on to say this, rend your hearts. That word rend, it's quite a violent word. It's a ripping word. It's a tearing word. It just simply means this, come to me with a brokenness that simply says this, Oh God, I need you to do a fresh work in my life. And I come to you with a heart that is broken for you to do all that you need to do. Return to me, says the Lord. Rend your heart. Not your garments, not the external things that look good, that would seem to be appropriate in the eyes of the world or even in the eyes of the law. It's on the inside where God sees. Rend your heart. Return to me. I'm simply going to make one appeal. I'm not going to ask anyone to come to the front. I'm just simply going to put out an appeal. And if that's you, and it could be many, it could be few, I really don't mind. I'm just going to ask you to stand to your feet, and we're going to sing a song. It's an old song. It's one of my f- favorites that I remember from growing up, it says this, "The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you." I'm simply going to say this: You sat under the word. I believe the Holy Spirit gave you that question to ask you. Do you know him? If you would like to know him, however you've come into this room this morning, I'm simply going to say this. Forget about everyone on the left or right of you. Forget about friends. Forget about family. Forget about, in the right sense, husbands and wives. It would be great for you to stand together, though. And simply say this, Lord Jesus, I want to know you more. And today, Heavenly Father, is just a moment, an even now moment, where I'm going to leave this place different because my focus has come back. The plumb line of your word has dropped, and I've just been found just to the left or just to the right. And Lord Jesus, I want to be true to everything you want for me. I want to know you more. Now, practically for yourself, that may mean a reevaluation of things that you give your time to. It probably will mean a reevaluation of how you spend your day. Not trying to fit God in, but putting God first and finding that by the grace of God, you still have time for everything else that you want to do. He's very good like that. So I'm simply going to say this. Will you just close your eyes? And I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for your word. I want to say thank you for your word, Father, that is sharp, sharper than a double-edged sword. And Lord, today I just pray in all that we've heard over the months of discipleship and wanting to be like you and giving ourselves to you, Lord Jesus, that as your word has come, that it would cut to the heart even now and just highlight to people, Father, whether they need to stand and say, I need to know you more. Lord Jesus, show us areas in our lives that just need to be realigned with you at the head and everything else following. Lord Jesus, help us to even remember now how Paul wrote, Father, for all the good that we can do, Father, without you, Lord Jesus, it's as we're in deficit, but we want to know you all the more. Lord Jesus, for the busyness of our lives, for the the well-intentioned Marthaisms. Lord God, help us. To see where we just need to put things by and be like Mary, making time to sit at your feet. I want to say thank you for your word. I want to say thank you, Lord God, that it's through the knowledge of you that grace and peace is multiplied to us. But may we never forget that root and this question. Do I know him? Heavenly Father, my heart is this. I know you, and I want to know you still. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. If that's you, I'm just going to invite you to stand to your feet. Close your eyes When as you stand. I just want to know him more. Josh is going to lead us in this song. We're just going to sing it a few times through. And I'm going to hand it back to T. But it's just a moment to say before your God, I know you, but I want to know you more. to know you more. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father,